It's time we shift our perspective on business and life and see that our businesses are the means to us living life first. Reinventing the way we go about our days as entrepreneurs, the Zero Wasted Days podcast is designed for dream makers and action takers, and also those who value going slow and savoring the moments in between. This is the essence of living a Zero Wasted Days life, and welcome to the Zero Wasted Days podcast. I'm your host, Suzanne Acteson, a former C-level executive turned seven-figure serial entrepreneur, transformational business coach, and I love helping women entrepreneurs merge strategy, feminine energetics, and embodiment to create outside-the-box business solutions to their challenges. In each episode of the podcast, I'm going to share how to redefine how you do business and learn how it can be the means to you living life first. I'm going to share interviews with inspiring people who can help you see how worthwhile it is to keep pursuing your dreams, share heartfelt stories I know you're going to relate to, and give you ideas and strategies to keep going after your biggest dreams. I hope you find value and inspiration here, and that will keep you coming back each and every week. I have some amazing guests lined up, as well as some solo episodes planned. So let's get into this week's episode. Hello, and welcome back to this week's episode of Zero Wasted Days. I am super excited to be welcoming, and I'm just thinking back... I think you might be the first person that I've interviewed on the continent. So I am welcoming Diana Davis here to Zero Wasted Days. She is, you'll hear, an American, but she's in Greece currently. So she is in Europe, which is really exciting because I think, and I'm now I'm going through everybody's names. I think most of the people have been elsewhere. I had one in Kathmandu the other day, a good friend of mine. But I am really excited to invite Diana here. Diana is an amazing business mentor. I'm going to let her tell you all about what she does and where she's come from and who she helps. But she really works mainly with creative entrepreneurs to help them Ditch the hustle, which I know you guys are going to be au fait with in my world. Work on landing dream clients and making more money. Welcome, Diana. Thank you. I'm so excited to be here and so cool. We're on the same continent and this worked out. I know because I actually work with very few clients that live in Europe so far on the podcast. So Mm -hmm. it's nice to go, oh my gosh, I don't have to wrap my head around so much of a time change or or whatever. But I am excited to have this conversation. And like we were just talking about just having a good soulful riff with somebody else that, you know, is in the same kind of world is just soul fuel for, I think, both of us. Yeah. A soulful riff. I like that. Yeah. I'm yeah take that away. <laughs> <laughs> so if I veer off all of my, I've got some questions. I always leave, I always prepare some questions because I think there's nothing better than being a little bit prepared, but I may throw them all out and we can just see where our conversation takes us. Let's detour. I'm here for it. But one of the things that I would love to kick off with is I know you came from a corporate background. A lot of the women in my community and world come from corporate and have had a variety of different careers working their way up through the ranks. And then something happens and they leave corporate, they have kids, they get laid off, they have a coming to Jesus moment. And from there on in, things change dramatically in their lives. And I'd love you to rewind a little. Tell us about how you personally left corporate. Yeah. How, I think it was probably, and I'm answering the question for you, I think it was the making of you. So I know it was the making of a lot of people and why it's led you to where you are today. Absolutely. Hello, all. I'm so excited <laughs> to be here. Yeah, I'm currently in Greece, which is so fun. And just to reflect for a second of seven years ago, I would have never, ever 
thought I would be where I'm at right now, which is so cool, even two years ago. So my corporate story is a little bit different than most people. Just to give everyone a little bit of background, I'm from Colorado. I'm a rancher's daughter. I grew up on a cattle ranch. My dad's a cowboy. That attributes a lot to who I am as a person. He quit his corporate job to fulfill his lifelong dream of being a rancher, even though it wasn't super lucrative. (laughs) Like it was really choosing a different road that was really about fulfilling your passion and not fulfilling your bank account. Ranch life is no joke. I don't know if, if you're listening, come DM me on Instagram and let's talk about ranch life. If you know about it. Is it anything like Yellowstone? Yes, actually. So (laughs) my family is so particular about Westerns. Like we will watch them and my dad will be like, that's a different horse. And that's not how you buckle that saddle or that bridle or whatever. That's not how you train. And so he actually approved Yellowstone as doing a pretty good job. Okay. But Yellowstone, I did live in Bozeman, Montana, which is where it's technically based. It kind of ruined Bozeman. So I'm just going (laughs) to, it's a double-edged sword. So Yellowstone's a loaded topic. Maybe not as many murders and maybe not that explicit shagging around, but (laughs) (laughs) yeah, for sure. All the deceit. Oh my goodness. Uh, Yeah. So Yellowstone actually. (laughs) Yeah. We'll just have a podcast about Yellowstone. It's going to be great. We could talk cattle. But yeah, so that kind of gave me a lot of permission to really do what I love and fulfill my passion. So I went to school in Montana for graphic design and photography. So I've always been a creative. I've always freelanced on the side, whether it be second shooting weddings or doing logos on the side. I worked for a food startup for a long time, did their package design, websites, email marketing, like cooking classes, sales, all of the above type of thing. Then I, a little part of my story is I was married, then I was divorced, and that led me to moving to New York City without a job or a plan. And that was truly like my soul's calling. So from there, I networked my way into getting a job in magazines, which was my corporate stint. But why I say it doesn't really look like a lot of people's is because it didn't include time off. It didn't include a 401k. It didn't include any perks because it was a permalance situation. So freelance, but you get 40 hours a week. So no paid time off, no 401k. Yeah. And I was making like 60k a year and in New York city, which is basically like not even livable wage. So it was corporate, but I wasn't one of these people who climbed the corporate ladder and was chief executive of XYZ and then quit their, you know, that wasn't me. I was just wanted to be in New York and I happened to get a job at one of the biggest magazine companies in the world. And there we were. And then I got laid off. So that was my story of getting pushed off the cliff. I knew I wanted to be an entrepreneur at some point, but I thought I was going to be 50. Maybe it was going to be like a different version of life for me. And at this time I was 27. And so when I got laid off, it was the biggest relief of my life. And I was very excited about it. And it was just the push off the cliff that I needed. And then I went into building my own photography and graphic design business in New York city. Then later, three years later, ended up business coaching for those same types of creative entrepreneurs. Cause you worked with some, some big brands and we were photographing like some really cool work when I've dug through, I don't know, stuff that you've, you've posted and whatnot. It seems that would for some people, and I guess some people that is the dream, like to be doing that kind of lifestyle brand work 
Why the shift from that to mentorship? Yeah, I'm going to say it was just very spiritual. Mm. (laughs) I asked one time, I was walking along the East River in New York City near my apartment. And I was just like, I had put down photography, like pretty much definitely put down graphic design and was into this business coaching world that I never planned on ever. I never would have told you I was going to be a business coach. I did know, however, that I wanted to be known for entrepreneurship. There was a seed in me that was just knew that. And so I remember asking like, God, am I, what are we doing here? Am I on the right track? And it was just this download of everything you have done in your entire life has led you to this moment, like an entire photography career from 16 years old to 29, 30, you, that led you here. And that's what you're supposed to be doing now is leading other people to be able to do what you did. So it's not like it wasn't a conscious decision to put down photography. It just happened. The pandemic also happened and that allowed space for the first time for me to explore these other opportunities and just check in with myself. And so that was where the shift happened and it just did. (laughs) And clearly moving from photography into mentorship has helped facilitate your current existence, which is largely digital nomad. Can you tell me more about how you are like, for me, I'm like, you're living the zero wasted days life. The creating the business that gives you the means to live the life that you want. And I would love you to tell us what the last, how many months, years have you been on the road? Almost a year. It'll be a year, year, June 5th. Yeah. Yeah. So I know that there's always people that are like, oh my gosh, that sounds amazing. And then there's people that are sitting at home with three kids and they're like, I'd love to pull the plug and do the trip around Australia or do the caravan across the US or homeschool my kids or make that like real leapy, thing. Obviously, like you said, like those stepping stones, like it was leading you to where you needed to be and the mentorship, obviously the job and the business model and the strategy was then lining up to help give you these wings to fly. Tell me about the last year of digital nomad. Yeah. What's wild is I wasn't a digital nomad. I wasn't location independent until like when I was going to travel the world, which was with an ex-partner in 2020, which LOL (laughs) didn't happen. (laughs) I was a photographer still. And Mm -hmm. I was actually working on building a stock photography company that would make me residual income so I could travel. I was working on maybe photographing retreats around the world. Mm -hmm. I knew I would have to hustle wherever I was to try to get shoots. I'm actually rooming right now with one of my clients and friends. She just shot the retreat I hosted in Greece she's still a photographer. Like she's not technically location independent, right? She can choose where she wants to be, but she has to find work wherever she goes. So that was my plan. I don't want to paint the picture that because I can be on my laptop on zoom all day, that's Mm -hmm. the only way you can also travel the world. You can do it as a photographer, as a designer would be easier to be honest. But yeah, so that happened. We were planning on traveling the world 2020. I don't know if anyone's heard of the company Remote Year. We had a little stint with them that was going to be in Asia in fall of 2020. That obviously all fell through and then proceeded into this life of moving to Denver. I didn't really want to be there, but it was just the next step with my partner. We were about to buy a house. We were about to get engaged 
And that was going to be my life. And I was like, okay, cause I'm pretty flexible. I'm like, mm. I can be happy in whatever, as long as it's not totally unaligned. And then that all imploded mm. and we broke up after six years and I was like, I'm out, I'm chasing this dream. This is my shot. So that's when I started going nomadic and it just was so wild because it was even like, I was saving up for a house and the universe was like, no, this isn't for a house. This is, you'll see what this is. And we had month to month rent and I was able to leave when I needed to leave. It was just a lot that just lined up as it always does. Yeah. So then I went nomadic and we've just been traveling ever since we, meaning me, myself and I, (laughs) and I have a storage unit in Colorado and I work my best to try to make calls, not at midnight (laughs) and I've been all over the world. So that's that in a nutshell. And what would you say is the, I have a similar unraveling story meant to be married at 26 didn't happen. And what do we do? And I think somebody at my work at the time said, why do always, why do women always just go to the other side of the world when, you know, shit hits the fan. And I'm like, because it's the farthest I can get. And I've always wanted to go. So I'm off. (laughs) Yeah. Absolutely. The ring and that was like my plane ticket out. But it's it, it, clearly there's like the picture perfect digital nomad perception. And then there's the reality. Like what's the hardest part of working on the road? Working on the road. I think business is such a personal development journey. I think it's this most spiritual, like being an entrepreneur is the most spiritual journey you could go on. Truly. If you're not up for the personal development part of it, <laughs> don't do it. Yeah. Then add nomadic life on top of that alone, (laughs) that is like layer upon layer. And if you're not willing to do the work, if you're not willing to look at yourself, go inward, it's going to be hard Mm. to do. Mm. So I think the hardest thing has been being alone and Mm. then also making connections and then ripping those away because I'm leaving again and that type of thing. So it's not even about the business, but it's about staying grounded mm. so that I can be in my business in an aligned way because everything as an entrepreneur, especially a personal brand like we are, is related to us. So yeah. if we're not good, yeah. our launch isn't going to go well. Our clients can feel it. Our energy's not there on Instagram, all of the above. So I think it's about really the grounding and the just staying present with yourself and keeping all the things floating the business and you're eating lunch and like the logistics of the ferry to the South Island in New Zealand, plus the Airbnb and just all of it. So there's a lot of things living in a suitcase out of a suitcase is such a big thing, but it's like, if it feels good, it's not for everybody. Would you say all of the pros, all of the good stuff outweighs all of that stuff? Yeah. And honestly, I'm one of those people. I think there's people who become the victims of their situation and there's people who alchemize it. So one situation to one person might look totally different to someone else, even though it's the same quote unquote problem. And so I would actually say the problems, the negatives are actually good as well, because I'm on a journey. I'm not here for this to be fluffy. (laughs) I'm here to dig in and go for it and see the world and find myself at a deeper level and 
be 33 and single, like what a blessing, how cool I get to show up in the world at this point in my life Mm. in that way. Yes. It's all worth it for sure. There's seeing the world, meeting new people, experiencing the cultures. It's all worth it, but the bad parts are worth it too. You know? Yeah. They really make you what you are and you come across as being energetic and colorful and vibrant but you also are really good at at sharing the vulnerabilities and sharing the reality and it not always just being sunny days in Greece. Yeah. And that does mirror what entrepreneurship is like. Like it's up and down, it's up and down. Some people, and then add, you, you got this coming 40 plus hormones on yeah. top of that Fun. and kids and all these other things that a lot of my community have in their world. I practice and I preach a lot of the need to obviously put ourselves first and like that self first embodiment that allows us to be able to show up not just physical energy, but just the mental energy and ride those waves. And for a long time, I went to what I knew, which was strategy, like just shove strategy down your throat without peeling back the layers of the need to regulate our nervous systems. Really, like you said, listen to yourself and get to know yourself. What do you do on a, do you practice things? Is it just an ongoing thing? Do you have rituals? Do you, what's your kind of, what's your vibe when it comes to energetic practices for, let's say, nervous system regulation? Yeah, it's so true. I'm so in a mode actually right now, even in the mastermind that I'm in, where strategy has been shoved down my throat. And I'm, if anything, it's showing me that's the exact opposite of what I want. And I'm always like, what about just asking like how we want to feel in our business? And then there's strategy behind that, of course. Yeah. So such an expansive question. How do you want to feel? I had a client the other day, sorry to interrupt, but she no, I said, no. oh, she, we were talking about a program and I said, how do you want to feel when having this program? She was like, how do I want to feel? Like she thought we were going to talk pricing and talk of this and talk of that. And I was like, we go to the, that's an aligned program. That's a program mm-hmm. that, you know, that really is grounded in who you are as yeah. opposed to it being priced at the right, you know, amount. Yeah. It, it, going back to, we'll get back to the, your question, but I think. <laughs> Like your zero wasted days, for example, why are we doing it if it doesn't feel good? Like, why would we not just, and I'm going to say there's so many jobs we could do even remotely yeah, or businesses we could create just to fill a hole in the market, mm-hmm. but we choose to do something that lights us up. We choose to do something that we're passionate about. So why would we not also align that like with our how we feel, how we want to feel our energetics instead of just strategy our way through it. What a grind instead of just being in it and being like, holy shit, this is epic. And this feels good. And it's spacious. And even when it's not being like, this is still worth it. The bad is worth it. Yeah. And it's because we're so conditioned, right? We're so conditioned to the, that, that success met that the metrics, those KPIs, the shit that we're one quarter two. (laughs) Totally. And yes, there's a place for all of that. We need to do that. And numbers Mm. can help you rise energetically and all that kind of stuff. But when it's just, it's, it's exhausting. Yeah. I've just started going truly. (laughs) I'm getting more and more woo as I like, (laughs) as we go, but I'm just like, instead of quarter one, I'm like, how does Aquarius season go for business. What does that feel like? Yeah. So one of the things that I do bringing that full circle is the class. I don't know if you've heard of the class, but oh my God, I would just say like movement, but I am specifically like a class just, it just is such a 
energetic somatic experience mm-hmm. versus it just asked, being a workout. I asked you about the class a while ago. Maybe. I think. And then yeah. I, I think because I, I must have seen it anyway. I didn't pursue that, but yeah. <laughs> and one of I highly recommend one of the things they said. So the three women I'm staying with, it's three of us total, is so aligned. And that's I want my whole life to just feel this aligned. And it does. We're doing the class together in the living room in the morning. We have our crystals out, which is part of the routine and the rituals. Just having like base, we all like move into the Airbnb and we get our Oracle decks out and our crystals and our journals. (laughs) We're doing the class. It's that's part of it. And uh, I carry really impractical things in my bag. I have seven books. I refuse to buy. I actually bought a Kindle. I lost it. And I was like, great done with that life. (laughs) I need the physical. I need something. I bring tea with me, my matcha, like these things help me create a home wherever I'm at. But one of the things they said in the class yesterday is if nothing is forever, then how do we show up in that? Like, how does that make it different? And I think that's what that reminds me of the zero wasted days Mm -hmm. because it's man, this isn't forever. This week isn't forever. Greece isn't forever. This nomad life isn't forever. This business isn't forever. So if we're showing up, like it's not forever, how do we show up? Which I think is really beautiful. Yeah. That's one that gets the, gets the brain ticking a little bit. Yeah. You work specifically with people we called creatives. And whilst we don't all identify with being a creative, I think we all are creative, have creativity and creative at heart and And I really believe that the more that we lean into play and creativity and making space to do this, the truly the more joy and abundance and happiness and that vibrational essence that comes from us is at its peak and needs to be where it's at. How would you suggest for, I guess, others that say that they're not really creative to Mm -hmm. blend more of this into their lives? Yeah. How I define a creative entrepreneur, first of all, is if you have a heart-centered gift that you're wanting to make into a business. So creative entrepreneur, and that just leads itself to a lot of things in Mm -hmm. common with each other, because we're putting something out there that we are passionate about and we're trying to put a price tag on it and that can get really sticky and you can imagine where that leads, right? So that's the gist of how I define a creative entrepreneur. So you could be a real estate agent mm. and be a creative entrepreneur. If you're like heart-led, soul-led, you really care about your clients and their story and your personal brand, that's a creative entrepreneur. Or it could be a photographer, a metalsmith, a cartographer, a Reiki healer, a coach, whatever that looks like. Yeah. But I think the people who think they're not creative we're humans. Like we're all creative. We're all creating everything. We're creating our days. We're creating our lives. We're choosing which restaurant to eat at. We're doing a lot of creative things. Actually on my podcast, which is called Pollen, it's all about the life winding story of people. And I ask people, what does creativity mean to you? Yeah. And it's so different across yeah. the board, which is yeah. so fun, but yeah, it's pretty simple. Like we're just, we just, we all yeah. are creative. We're all creating things in this life. Yeah. And I'd say when I, people ask me why I left the agency, I was running the ad agency and I was, I just, I guess I wasn't having, getting, giving them myself the chance to be creative. So I was, when you're just looking at a lot of spreadsheets and people managing a heck of a lot running a a company, I really just, and I went on to run another company, but it allowed me to be really so much more creative and a 
part of me just completely blossomed. It's like going back to your younger self. And it's just something that you've kept packed for a long time. But I was watching my kids like watching MasterChef. We were watching MasterChef Australia and they like did the whole like link to Australia. And there was a girl on there last night and she was a Harvard and Stanford economic researcher. And she presented like the most creative, beautiful piece of art, which was her meal that she made. And you could see that, that there was this, even for someone who was in this like role that was so you would say not creative, there is this side that I think once you allow yourself to be, to let it shine through, the other part will shine even more. The, the bit that you would associate to being more non-creative. Yeah. I think it's so important to get back into our creativity and it's something to do with the unknown. Like creativity mm. can't really happen if there's not an unknown yeah. component. And I think it's just about play. Like it doesn't have to be that complicated. Like what we all were creative as kids, like the things that we suppress now, like what did we do as kids? We, I even thought about buying a paint by number the other day. I was like, we should do more of this. I want more hands on. We're really losing that. And I think, you know, what, one of the big things with the retreats is just getting to put your freaking laptop away mm. for a week and just be and play and let yourself loose. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. And I'm going to ask you about the retreats in a second, but I can, when I it just jogged my memory, when I left the agency, I went on to create a creative business. I had a retail concept store in Melbourne. We ran, it was a retail store, but we also ran a whole series of classes for kids. So the kids and moms would come in or nannies or whoever and run classes, but it was so interesting to watch as, and they were like before school age, so like one to five. The moms and like the women like us would come in and want the kid to like, what are we making today? And look at the outcome, right? We were like, okay, it needs to look like that. It needs to have, it was Christmas, whatever. It needs to look like that. Then the kid would just like, ah, make this whatever. Yeah. And the teacher was constantly trying to say it's process-based art. It's about what they're gaining here in the half an hour. Don't worry about the outcome, but all the women and all, all the moms were, and it's, this is the way we are. Like we, we are like, this is how it needs to be. It needs to fit that, that square. Yep. And these little one and two and three-year-olds were just making it and they're like, this is the best thing. And so it was just such a reflection on exactly the way we are when it comes to creativity and trying to fit into that box. It was really interesting. Yeah. It just it's, jogged my memory. Yeah. As soon as we started to have to pay bills, we like lost it. We're like, <laughs> oh, it must be nice to be a kid. And it's maybe we should go make a mud pie. Absolutely. Yeah. It's so good for them. And even in this French school system here, like there's like the square box. And if you don't fit into that box, like more than I've seen in other, in other systems. And that's what I struggle with the most is, yeah. is fitting my boys into the box and right. allowing them to be continuing to let them get educated, but allowing them to see that if they don't fit, it's all, it's also okay. Yeah. Love that. And tell me more about the retreat. So you've just had how many women for how long and how important is it that we fuse our, we're looking at next year, 2024. And I'm personally putting trips in and I'm a big person. Travel and adventure for me is everything. And yeah. so I'm always circulating my whole life around where I'm going next year. Mm -hmm. Why are retreats such a powerful way to help people disconnect and get reconnected? Oh my gosh. They are just truly the best. I can't, they're the best. I love going on them. I love hosting them. This was my second one that I ever hosted my first international because I'm from Colorado and there were 
12 people total, which includes what's really cool about my community is the photographer is my client, videographer is my client, the wellness facilitator is my client, often the chef is my client. So it's like this big fun collaboration. We hosted it in Lefkata, Greece. It was truly magical. The first one I did was in Colorado in Steamboat Springs. That was also magical. And I mean it when I say it, like I'm baffled at how good it was. Like, like no drama, no hiccups. Again, I think (laughs) it's like, can the bad stuff be good? Also, like there's going to be things like we had a peanut allergy situation this first day, scary, like hospital style, and it still was good. We all supported each other. Everyone handled it so well. We kept the vibes going and we just went on and integrated it. Not that there can't be hiccups, but it was truly magical. And the community I cultivate somehow is my superpower. I don't know how it happens, but the women in this space is that they're just incredible. I think the most special thing is that you're coming together in a foreign country. Many of them had never been to Greece before. They're traveling really far to get there. What's Athens, then like a five-hour shuttle. And you're just so present. Mm. Like you're in this beautiful bubble for six days with 12 women eating together, moving together, rooming together, adventuring together, experiencing Mm. new culture together. And it just truly gives a vessel to fill your cup with. Mm. I think it's so important, especially in this digital age, especially post pandemic, even though we're whatever, what are we even in? But the zoom, we got to get in person incredible, but being in person for that length of time is just unmatched. It's unmatched. Yes. Yeah. And it's even like when you go away, like for the weekend, you're like, Oh, I need to do that more often. It's that, but on steroids, right? Like it's, and and when it's just you and women put themselves, we know this, but women put themselves last in their families and, Oh, we can't do that because we've been wanting to go to Europe with my whole family for years. Okay. You can still do that. The number of times I actually piggybacked family trips off the back of like work conferences and things like that. You need to just think outside the box and also just think about the fact that have you ever asked the question if I, and my husband's always on board and I'm like, okay, I think I'm going to do this. He's like, okay, honey, whatever. And you just got to make the ask. You got to ask before, before actually shutting it down in your mind. And sometimes it's, I think it's best to put yourself first in all these scenarios. And then, because the more that you're going to serve yourself, the more your business is going to get served, the more that everybody else is going to get served. Yeah. And we were talking about that. We had this boat ride that was incredible. It was like everyone's favorite thing. And I loved it because it was this old wooden boat, like big ship kind of thing. It was still like fancy, but wooden. And it felt so much better to me than like a yacht. There's nothing wrong with a yacht. It's just not my vibe. And I feel like there's so much content on Instagram of like popping champagne on the yacht and we're making seven figures and all of (laughs) And I just don't resonate with it. And that's like my own cross to bear and my own stuff. But something that came up there was we're not just like indulging here. We're not just doing it because we can, we're doing it so that we can be fulfilled and good. So we can go out in the world and do the things we know how to do, help the people we know how to help. If we don't have this cup full, 
and tap back into our creativity. Actually, the theme of the retreat was creativity and play. And what's funny is most people came because they wanted business strategy and that's not what they got. The strategy was the mindset and the connection to self and figuring out what you want this dream life to look like and Mm -hmm. thinking outside the box and getting creative. So they all knew at the end, they were like, got not what I thought I was going to get, but it was amazing. But I bet you their strategies are shit hot now that are coming yep. out of there and the creativity and the the action yes. that they're taking is, would be on fire. Yes, exactly. Yeah. And one of the things you do help people a lot with is helping people find clients. And it's also one of the biggest struggles for women in entrepreneurship and I would love to know what your take is and totally multifaceted. You could do a whole hour or longer yeah. just on this. What would you say are your top tips? If you were doing a session, mm-hmm. a strategy session during the retreat on finding clients to help them take away, what would that include? Yeah, I would say, first of all, always lead with connection. Mm-hmm. Always connection over transaction. Like when you're DMing someone, we've all had those DMs where we just know Someone's going to sell to us in about 20 questions later. They're like, Hey, how long have you been traveling? And you're like, I don't even know who you are. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) They're just saying, hi, I'm a human. And I found you via this person. We should connect and not going, maybe this could be a client We're grasping. So leading with connection always just for example, camp clarity is a program that I run for creative entrepreneurs, like a 90 day foundation, everything in business foundational program. And one of them I met in Australia at a creative event and I wasn't trying to get her as a client, but she resonated with me and I opened the door. I was like, let's connect on Instagram. Let's keep in touch. And we actually did. And really leading with that connection instead of, I think a lot of us, we're not open enough. We have to like Mm -hmm. open ourselves. That's another thing that solo traveling will do because you don't have someone with you to buffer. It's like you're on your own. Finding clients, there's strategic things too around, is your SEO working for you? Are all the tools on Instagram like working for you? Are you doing them quote unquote or aligned where whatever? I think another thing is letting them get to know you. We've all heard the no trust thing. It's so real. People, if you're a wedding photographer, you're just another wedding photographer until you're you, until you let the people know who you are and they give you give them a reason to want to work with you versus just you take good photos. So that's a big part of it too. I look at social as in meet people in a bar, meet people at a restaurant. It might be YouTube. It might be TikTok. It might be Instagram too, but how do you interact with people in general in life? And how does that translate to being online? And then just gathering the evidence, like how have you gotten clients in the past, even if it was one, wasn't word of mouth. Okay. Tap into that, reach out to people, tell them you have openings for clients. Was it at a networking event? Was it from Facebook ads, which aren't my favorite, but if that works for you, like amazing. So gather the evidence and go back to what works. So we stoke that fire, keep that burning. And we get to build little new fires over here that eventually will be big bonfires as well. Yeah. Love, love, love all of that. I'm, it's all what I preach. And yeah. I think it's just, it's testament. I would also love to know what your human design is. Yeah. is There's something that's a generator. Okay. And what line? Line is in like the numbers. I'm a six, yeah. three, six, three. So I'm a four, says, six. The network. The, my thing says the responsible adventurer. 
Because <laughs> oh. <laughs> I know networking is a massive thing for me, like making connections yeah. through the networking and just meeting people. And it's literally how I find every through, through somebody else. Or it's not like that. It's not sliding into someone's DMs. It's literally getting to know people. And so I think yeah. it's interesting when you can, and sometimes people go too far, I think in the, on the human design thing to say, I'm going to live and die by everything that's in human design. And I don't believe in that either, but I think there's some little clues that can also help us know how we best respond or react to, to, to things. I agree. Totally. And so the responsible adventurer is perfect segue into my last question, which is all around one of my values, which I already mentioned earlier, which was spirit of adventure. and. I would love to know, which obviously I know is whether it's a true value of yours or just something that you live out, what it means to what adventure means to you and where your favorite place has been and where you still have to go as a bucket list place to to visit. Yeah, I love this question. I think adventure to me means a lot of things, but one of them being like living out your version of life Mm. versus the ladder versus if, if the picket fence is your bad, that's cool. It's not mine. And I don't ever want to be in that box. Like we were talking about, I want to be adventure is like coloring outside the lines and seeing what happens. I've never been a person to fall in line. Mm. And I thank my family for that because they never made me be that way. So I love that you're letting your boys like express themselves and do explore that creativity and adventure just means like maybe even not having to know going into something and not knowing what it's going to be like, not having to know the outcome. And it can be like literally going and hiking to the top of a mountain, but you don't know what the outcome of that is always either. So pushing people back so much, right? Yeah. The unknown Mm. adventure is the unknown. We'll just leave it at that. Totally. New Zealand has been one of my favorite places Mm. for sure. That was a place that I, I went to Australia last November. I figured may as well go to New Zealand. I'm right here. (laughs) It's been on my list, but then I talked myself out of it. I wasn't going to go. I thought I should have a partner to go with, or at least a friend. I didn't want to hike mountains. and be alone. And I ended up going, the universe was like, Nope, you're doing that. And hiking mountains by myself was one of the most magical experiences I've ever experienced. So it was such an inward journey, even just like I said, getting my car across the ferry to the South Island was like an adventure. And I was like, I got this driving on the left side of the road, (laughs) all of it, doing things that like make you feel alive. Yes. So things that make you feel alive. Yeah. Yeah. So that's my favorite. I'm going to Copenhagen next. And then a few wrenches, if you will, have thrown my plans just into a different direction. So I'm rolling with that. I thought I was going to be done nomading by like July, which is hilarious to me now. So I think it's definitely going to be 2024 when I'm, I don't know, I have no idea where I want to land. I do want to land somewhere, preferably in Europe or in Australia or New Zealand. And, but I really want to go to Amsterdam and London for at least a month each before I'm done with this journey. Cause I feel like those are two places. Maybe I could live. I'm such a lover of New York. I feel like London might be a good spot, but I'm feeling Amsterdam is really 
maybe it. So I, I want to go. Named, I can't say it's high up on my list. And yeah. I'm like, I need to go to Amsterdam. I need to, yes. and my dad's Dutch. So I, I have a longing. I've been in Holland before, but never to actually Amsterdam. Yeah. 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 I can see why that is on your list. Yeah. <laughs> so exciting. Listen, Diana, I really appreciate you having this conversation and taking the time in your what is still a busy schedule and juggling logistics and Airbnbs and all that kind of stuff. I appreciate that you've taken the time and I look forward to us staying connected. You'll have to go. And I was thinking just in the, when you were talking about climbing mountains, my interview that I did with Sarah Schulting-Krantz on my In Zero Wasted Days, it was my last interview. you got to go and listen to her episode. So she takes women on retreats in the Grand Canyon and in Alaska and all over the place. And she's a massive hike to the top of the mountain in the middle of the night kind of woman. So there's lots of stuff there. I think that if you loved that, that you'll also be inspired by. That's definitely calling to me. I love that. Thank you. Awesome. I can't wait to, yeah. And I can't wait to, to follow your journey, continue to watch on stories and be inspired and then be totally envious when you're back in Australia again, like I was the last time. <laughs> oh my gosh, We might cross paths. You never know. <laughs> you never know. You never know. All right. Thank you. Thank you for joining me for this week's episode of the Zero Wasted Days podcast. I truly hope you found it to be valuable and inspirational as you work to create a life by your own design. I would love you to rate and review this episode to let everyone else know about it and help me share this important message with the world. All you need to do is screen grab your review, share it on socials, and tag me in to win a $100 Airbnb voucher that I'll be giving away every single month.